Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, August 29, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we notice is a little bit, and I stress little bit, of follow through from the big time down day on Friday. The big picture is, are they going to stop here, reverse, and go back up? Or is this just a way station? We're in a period of time where we're still technically in the summer doldrums. What does that mean? It means from now and last week and the week before, while the summer doldrums were going on, up until Labor Day and slightly after Labor Day, which is next Monday, a week from today, the market is still technically in those summer quiet period doldrums. Obviously, it doesn't matter. We can have a big sell-off. We can have a big rally. But what we shouldn't necessarily discount is for the market to float around for the next several days. Let's talk about that for a minute, and then let's project out what the floating around might look like. So let's just say they start to float around, and they start to float sideways to higher. Let's say they get inside of this big breakdown candle, and they start climbing a bit. What they'll be doing until further notice is building a bearish, kind of flaggish, wedgish pattern that will promote another leg lower at some point until or unless the point in which they can recapture the high of said breakdown candle, which is all the way up here, and then that would put them back above the Irene number. Again, big picture stuff. Can they rally back to run a test of Irene? And the answer is, of course they can. It's not that far away. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so we have to look at both sides of the tape. When you look at the weekly chart, can we? And I know what we've already said, for example, in the weekend video and all that other bearish stuff, but you have to look at both sides. Can this be a pullback for a few weeks in a continued uptrend? Can this be a pullback type of scenario and still make higher highs as I was expecting them to do before the tremendous down day on Friday? And the answer is, yeah, it's still possible. Let's separate for a moment possible and probable, and then let's put some meat on the bone. Possible? Absolutely. Why not? Market finds some footing. Fed starts to walk back some comments. Everybody gets all excited. Buying begets buying. Shorts have to cover. Pies in the face will be on back order if that takes place. And next scene shows they're pushing higher back up into the neighborhood and possibly beyond the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart. That's all possible. Now let's talk about probable. Let's go back to something we discussed in the weekend video. This candle here is unique. There's not one like it on the chart anytime in the recent past. This one here is the closest thing we have, and then we have to go way back in time to find something even close, but not necessarily as large. So when I see something like that, and it's accompanied by a pickup in volume significantly more than the average daily volume, well, then you have to raise an eyebrow. It has to be one of those big puzzle pieces that you really 
put in the center of the puzzle and build around it. So what we have to watch out for is they start climbing the breakdown candle, but the probabilities of getting above and closing daily above that breakdown candle just created last Friday is remote, it's slim to none, and slim is on vacation. Let's use a variety of charts to look at the market from a few different angles so we can use it as a learning experience for how to read the charts, if you will. So on the 240 chart, we see a bottom was made in the first half of today, and there's a green candle. Is it a reversal candle? Well, not necessarily. It's not really anything staggering, but if they start getting inside this breakdown candle, 405.31, which happens to be the closing price on Friday, might want to write that down. We're going to circle back to that number a little bit later. But if they start getting inside that and above this 200-period moving average, they'll start climbing the next breakdown candle in the sequence, and they'll start heading for, and you guessed it, Irene. The other thing is, specifically on this 240 chart, what happens if they do this? They go back and forth for two or three days, and they put in a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. That will result in an ensuing move to the downside once again, similar to what we've discussed before. What do we see on the 120 chart? Well, we see something similar. We see a little bit of a bottoming signal. The next candle up was a nice semi-reversal candle, but not on tremendous volume. They never really got above, at least on a closing basis, that high from the first candle of the day. So on the 240 chart, they're potentially putting in a bearish flaggish pattern. On the 120 chart, they started to already put in a bearish flaggish kind of pattern. You see how this works? When you look at different charts, you see something different than the larger time frame because things take time to develop. So things morph from smaller time frames on up to the larger time frames. The hourly chart, same routine as the 120, it's just stretched out a little bit, and you can see they've already put in a bearish flaggish pattern pretty much all day long. They filled the gap left open from Friday, were summarily rejected, and they were actually approaching or at least headed in the vicinity of the morning lows by the closing bell. Not that far away. So what do we use as a gauge? Well, for now, we're using 405.31, Friday's closing price, start closing hourly and then daily inside or above that number, and that's going to promote more upside momentum. You'll get some shorts to cover. Buying begets buying, and all that stuff kicks in. On the other side of the tape, below today's low, opens the door for the big fat round number of 400, which is really just a psychological number more than anything else in this case, because the actual number that represents support is below that. It's in the 398s and change. Inside the number members had that number today. You're going to see it in a few moments anyway, and we'll have it again tomorrow. It may change slightly, but it'll be in the ballpark. We'll start with some early thoughts from inside the numbers. It will come as no surprise to see red on the screen at zero dark 30. We're dealing with a whole new set of numbers not seen in a while. Let's start with the obvious. Now, the reason I'm going to go through some of this is because you need to understand what was happening this morning, what the possibilities were, where the important numbers were, and why, and the rest will fall into place. If you watch the weekend video or any other video of the last several years, you'll know that former breakout areas 
are extremely important to the market. Well, we've got another one coming up. And it's not alone, meaning there's other stuff to warrant at least a temporary or short-term intraday support at a minimum. This is the big picture stuff for now, but it's a general zone and it's important. So you see I put up a chart and I'll just explain what's going on here. I put a line around where that breakout area is. I put an arrow there and you'll see the red arrow is pointing to one of those spots. It's not that far away from the big fat round number of 400 and the 50 period moving average happens to be around 398.50. And with that, we have the beginning or top end of the zone. Let's say they spike it. How far under SPY 400 can they or might they go before a snapback type of situation? Well, we had a number that was significantly deeper, 395.75. We didn't need it today. However, you need to know in advance, come to the game pre-prepared. You need to come in uniform, ready to go with all the numbers before the market even opens because you don't know how they're going to open it. What about a rescue operation, the flip side? Well, a bona fide rescue begins above 410 or Irene. However, they can bounce around in between. So however, a bounce near or above Friday's close is certainly possible and on the table. And you'll see later they did precisely that. And how do we know that that's a probability, a possibility? How do we know even to put that on the board? Why? Because they do the same thing over and over and over again. So we should expect them to continue doing the same thing despite what it might look like at zero dark 30 or any other point in between. Some other little tidbits as we get an expansion of volatility, the numbers get farther apart. Mrs. Market spikes and snaps back, generally in a sharp type of formation. So therefore, we take smaller position size to compensate for the increase in risk. Let's move along. See what else we have. So the morning creeps on. We've got 9 o'clock, half an hour before the bell even rings. During the wee hours of the morning, they tried to run up and fill the gap left open Sunday night, but they missed. Pay attention. You're going to like some of this stuff. It's either weakness for another leg lower right away, or they're going to try and do it after the opening bell, meaning fill the gap left open from Friday. Here's the catch. The closing price of the SPY was 405.31, but that does not coincide with the closing price and gap in the ES futures contract. Why? Because the futures and the SPY don't close at the same time. Therefore, they could be and often are different prices. The number in the SPY that corresponds with the futures close, it's hard to get exact to the penny. However, we're going to use 403.65-ish. It's overhead resistance, and if above, they'll try for 405. And this is predicated on an early buy-the-dip type of operation. Put that on a sticky note, 403.65-ish. Five-minute chart, right at the vertical is today's activity. Horizontal line is at. 403.65 even, not ish, and you can see what happened. They ran up there, they came up short in the second candle of the day, they spiked it, pulled back, hit it, pulled back, hit it, pulled back. You can see that that price was uber important. How about that other number, 405.31? That was the gap left open from Friday, and you can see what happened. Once they decided that falling apart was not the deal of the day, 
when they got above that futures price, 403.65, they started running some tests a little higher, getting up to the gap at 405.31. Here's that price making a high of 405.27. Fake people out, pull all the way back, shake them out, and then actually do it. We know how that works. I write it in the notes inside the numbers all the time. Sometimes they come up short, sometimes they spike it through. You never know which one it's going to be. Remember, it's the job of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So if you're looking for an exit, meaning riding the tape up to the gap, you have to exit before the gap in case they do something like this, at least with a majority of the position. We're moving along. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. We're not even open yet, and I have another post. Now, here's where you want to fire up that sticky note again. Here's the early deal in terms of support and important numbers. 401.85 below, and specifically on candle closes, opens the door for 399 and likely a spike of it. They spiked it a few times, but they never got really far below, and they never got below for very long. Again with the chart, we think better in pictures, 401.85 is now where the horizontal line is, and you can see that was in fact the support zone. Start getting below there for very long, closing candles below, dipping below, trading below, you're going to hit 400, and then you're going to hit 399. Instead, they continued to snap back, they only stayed below for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, period. Let's move along, see what else we have. Remember, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You're gonna see this theme over and over and over again. 9.33, staying above 401.85, keeps the door open for a test of 403.65. We know where that number comes from. It comes from the futures market. Sometimes traders will scratch their head and say, where did he get that number from? Most of the time, I don't tell you. I'm telling you this came from the futures market. So remember that post, staying above 401.85 equals 403.65-ish. Doesn't look like much on this five-minute chart, but that's a decent amount of points for the traders that rode it up there. And you don't have to catch the whole thing. You see them running, you know where they're going to, so you can hop on if you're that kind of momentum trader. It's not for everybody, but it is a trade. Remember, pause the video. Read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. You saw the big time numbers today. It was 403.65, 401.85, and 405.31, and they really didn't do anything else. So what I urge you to do is pause the video. Look over the notes in detail. Write some stuff down. Now go back to the chart and double check the work. See what actually happened after the post. Take a post like 11 o'clock, 11.02, read the post, see what happened after the fact. Any post, I just picked that one out because we stopped there. And by the way, there were no stocks on the move that hit their price objectives today. No entry targets. Why? Because we had to prepare for the kill them at the opening bell. So if they killed the market down another 20, 30, 40 S&P handles, the stocks were going to follow suit. And we had to be prepared if that happened to A, pick up stuff lower, and B, not get caught in that kind of a downdraft situation. So what you'll see is, we had a good list on the board, absolutely nothing hit its number today. 
that's unique, doesn't happen all the time. The odds on that happening two days in a row are slim to none. Slim's on vacation along with the other guy. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Anything staggering here? Is it telling us anything different than the other market? No, it's in the same position. They filled the gap, same as the S&P 500. You've got a convergence of moving averages about to happen down here around 184 down to 182 and a half. We'll call it 183, give or take, for argument's sake, by the time it all happens. In the camp of funny how this works, you also have the same area that represents a former breakout area. So the market ran up, pulled back, broke out above, is coming back to double check a former breakout area. Same thing as the other stuff, like our breakdown box in the S&P, stopped there for a couple days and all of a sudden it failed. Well, we know how this works. They either bounce off or they fail, but it's an important spot that gives us something to focus on. You're going to get short-term support at a place like that. Is there a trade at a place like that? From an intraday perspective, likely yes, maybe not at the exact number where I drew the line just now. Maybe it's a little bit lower. However, there's going to be a trade in there from at least an intraday perspective under most conditions, garden variety or otherwise. Whether they stick there day in and day out or they bust through after hovering for a few days is a whole different ballgame, but they're going to stop there under normal garden variety conditions. For those of you that like to trade the IWM, what's the important number that they have to get back above to make this a test and have another opportunity at another push or leg higher? That number is 191. It has nothing to do with the closing price on Friday. The number is 191, and that's the area that if they recapture, all of a sudden you could begin, and I say begin, you could begin to get a short squeeze slash pie in the face operation. I'd put that number on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now check this out. I'm gonna circle back in a second and you'll see why in a moment. So the transports were down a little over 1% today. So they're my second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Okay, we know all that. So we have this down 1%. We have the IWM we just looked at, that's my favorite market leading indicator, down 1%. And the SPY was down about 0.66, or roughly 6 tenths of 1%, give or take. The point there, and this is sticky note worthy, is that my two favorite market leading indicators were down and were leading in terms of relative weakness or relative strength. They have relative weakness against the S&P. That's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It goes on a sticky note. Here's another one for you. What happens if we found the floodgates open? They open the trap door and everything's going down for a couple of days. Is there a buy in the transports at a number where they're going to bounce come hell or high water? Well, I don't know about the hell or high water part, but the 13,850 number is a very, very good number where we should find that minimum of intraday support. Again, put it on the sticky note, even if you have to start a new one. Again, you got to look at both sides of the tape. Is this a pullback and another leg higher coming, or is this going to fail and go all the way back down and make lower lows? Eventually, they're going to make lower lows. Now, let me clarify something, because this is the second or third time I'm mentioning this. Let's say it's a fake-out operation, it's a pullback, and they have another leg higher. Does that mean they're going to keep going, or is it going to go down from another number either higher or right now? And the answer is, it's going to go down either way. That was the point that I was making in the weekend video. We always said whether or not they make a higher high 
or they make a lower high either way, and that was a recent high, either way, the next leg lower is a coming. The Q people, all charts look the same for the most part. They're already at that 50 period moving average on the daily chart. So if they give that up, the next area of support, and this is again from an intraday perspective at minimum, but could be longer, would be 298, 298.50. In that ballpark, you would expect a bounce back in the other direction. More sticky note stuff. Financials also in no man's land. Happened to put in a sign or signal of a trend change, pretty interesting, right in no man's land. Other markets put in a pseudo one, this one put in the actual thing. Can make a case it's an on-time day, which also supports the case for a bounce to Labor Day weekend, into the end of the week, the first part of next week, start climbing a little bit up in that breakdown candle. All that stuff is on the table. They can go lower right away, or they can wait and do it a little bit later. Either way, it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Here's an interesting one. Let's check out Smash Mouth. So now they've given up the 50-period moving average on the daily chart. That was on Friday. Today, they scaled lower, finishing near the lows of the day. Worst performing market of the ones we look at, down almost 2%. And this is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So whether or not this is an actual canary, it's kind of like a sub-canary for me. I like it as a canary, but the transports are my canary in the coal mine. This is more of a sub-slash-backup canary. Either way, it's weak, and the next area of support is not till about 216.50. Call it another 1% away, give or take-ish. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible that is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.